You're listening to Win the Day with James Whitaker. What we do in life echoes in eternity. Broadcasting from Los Angeles, California. This is the number one podcast to help you win the day every day. Here's your host, James Whitaker. Let's go. Welcome back to Win the Day Wednesday. Of course, this is the best day of the week, hump day, where we get after it. We look at the wins that we've had for the first couple of days of the week, and we think about what are we going to do to set the tone for the rest of the week. Now, I want to know if you've already won today. If you have, give yourself a pat on the back. If you haven't or you feel like you're having a bit of a slow day, hopefully you can use this episode for a bit of inspo. And today we're going to do something different. I'm going to share with you eight tips for a better marriage. Now, I'm not a marriage counselor. I've never professed to be a marriage counselor. But over the last 15 years, the primary focus of my work has been about relationships. Even when that's been unintentional, relationships is the thing that I've been most interested in. Relationships are the things that have given me the greatest amplifiers in my life and my business. And the most important investment that I've ever made is in choosing my life partner, who's my wife, Jennifer. And there's a quote from Napoleon Hill that I want to share with you here. Napoleon Hill said, your wife or husband should be your first mastermind ally. That's why today I'm going to take you behind the curtain of my marriage and show you eight tips that I think you might be able to use for a healthier, happier, and more productive marriage. Before we begin, make sure you hit the follow or subscribe button so you can get access to episodes like this one as soon as they're released. Also, if you're one of the legends who have left a five-star rating on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, I really appreciate your support. It only takes a second or two to do, but it means that you can help make the show visible to someone else who needs some help to win the day. So thank you for me. Thank you from that person who you've helped discover the show. We really appreciate spreading the word so we can help more and more people all around the world to to win the day every day. All right, let's get into today's mini-sode, eight marriage tips so you can have a healthier marriage and a more stronger relationship with your wife or your husband. And again, I'm not a marriage counselor. I want to make that very, very clear. I'm not pretending to be one. I'm just giving you a bit of an insight into some of the things that I have done based on my experience in relationships and interviewing all of these people. And perhaps you're just curious about some of the things that I do to maintain that relationship with my wife, Jen. We've been together now for about 10 years. We've got two beautiful kids together. We've been married now for about four years. We actually got married on April Fool's Day in San Clemente, California, a beautiful spot there overlooking the ocean. So April Fool's Day means it's a fairly easy day to remember. The first marriage tip is be with someone who gives you energy rather than someone who takes away energy. When I interviewed a guy called Rob Deerdeck, who's this, he was basically a pro skater who went on to have this meteoric rise in venture capital and business and entertainment. He's got so many TV shows on at the moment, like Ridiculousness. He owns so many of the products and content that they do with those shows. One of the biggest things he said to me was that his entire life and calendar is about things, actions, and activities that give him energy rather than take it away. And I thought that's just so applicable when it comes to marriage. If you're with someone who takes away your energy, then perhaps you need to start to make some changes or rethink who it is that you're with. Be with someone who gives you energy rather than taking it away, especially when times are good. I mean, when times are bad, that irritability and that frustration is only going to amplify even more. Number two, take it as information, not an attack. 
this has probably been the most important thing that I've ever learned about marriage. It actually comes from Dr. Michael Gervais, who's written a book called Compete to Create. It's available now on Audible. It's actually an Audible exclusive. Michael Gervais uh, came on the show and he shared so many great things. He's the elite psychologist for high performance for some of the most successful athletes and business leaders on the planet. Everything that he does is research-based. And in that book, Compete to Create, that he wrote with Pete Carroll, who's the coach of the Super Bowl winning Seattle Seahawks NFL team, he mentioned, take it as information, not an attack in your personal relationships. Now, when you're having these very healthy conversations, arguments is probably a better word for them. When you're having these these arguments with your partner, it is so easy for us to feel attacked. But if we take it as information rather than attack, it's so much easier for us to be proactive about how we want to respond. And maybe there's something we can implement based on what the other person has said. And it means the relationship can get back on track very, very quickly, or maybe even not descend to a difficult place or a challenging place anyway. So taking it as information, not an attack is unbelievably profound. It's something that I've really tried to focus on since I first heard that about three years ago. It's difficult to implement, but very, very important to remember. So even when I am struggling to implement it in the present, I'm always remembering it and focusing on it. So one of my biggest areas of growth and focus as a husband is on making sure I take these things as information, not an attack, especially when we know that communication and financial stress are the two biggest reasons that relationships break down. So that's number two, take it as information, not an attack. Our third marriage tip is have some time for yourself. Once a week, I'm able to get out and do a gym session. My wife does exactly the same thing. We try and uh, have individual time to go and catch up with friends or have some time to ourselves, whatever we need to do. Now, that's very difficult when you've got a three-year-old, very energetic toddler and a six-month-old baby who needs a lot of access to parents, especially the mum through breastfeeding and all of those types of things. But that also means it's critically important to be able to carve that time away for yourself. And if your partner wants to go and do something to have time for them, you need to be behind it 100%. Even if it overburdens you, still make sure that you genuinely and very strongly encourage them to do that. Perhaps you've been in a situation in your relationship before where you wanted to go and do something and your partner gave you a really hard time about it. It's on your mind the whole time that you're away so you don't come back recharged. Both of you are pissed off and it leaves you wondering like why did i even go in the first place if we were going to if this was going to turn into some big thing it means that you've basically defeated the purpose of having that time for yourself so if you can be really supportive and as much as possible try and encourage even make plans from time to time for the other person to have some time for themselves that's going to be really really great opportunity for them to bring energy back to the relationship so that's number 3 have some time for yourself and encourage your partner to do the same Number four is do goal setting together at least once a year. So my wife and I, every year, at least once a year, we sit down and we go through the success plan template that I've shared with you before. I'll actually include a link to that in the show notes in case you want to check that out if you haven't done that for a little while. We go through, where are we at? Like we're going to audit our goals for the last year. What are the things that we knocked out of the park? What are the things that we fell short on? What are the financial goals we have? What are the professional goals we have individually? What are the travel goals, family goals, health goals, experience goals? What are all these different things that we want to experience in the future individually and together? And how can we best create a plan to support each other and implement those things? 
If you are not doing goal setting together at least once a year, there's a very good chance that you really don't have a true idea of what it is that your partner wants from their life, their career, from their health, from all of these different things. And that, again, goes back to communication and financial stress, which are the two biggest cases of divorce. So do goal setting together at least once a year. Even if you don't use the success plan template, just do something, just to have a healthy conversation about what's most important to each of you and where you want to go in the future. Number five, you'll probably laugh at this one, but it's never argue on an empty stomach. If my wife and I are having an argument first thing in the morning, I mean, it's it's horrible. It's like two really drunk people who can't fight trying to, to throw hands at each other. It's really, really quite embarrassing actually. So uh, my wife needs food first thing in the morning and I need coffee and sunshine first thing in the morning. So any healthy conversations, we save them till after we're in a, a good place to do. So never argue on an empty stomach. Once we get a little bit of energy from food, from coffee, from sunlight, whatever it is that, that blows your hair back, that is the time when you can start to engage in some of those more robust conversations and it means it won't descend to some of the areas and and the blame game that it might do if you did that beforehand. So that's number five, never argue on an empty stomach. Number six is recognizing that marriage is a 60-40 proposition in the other person's favor. And what I mean by that is that they should be getting 60% of the effort and everything else that you provide and you should be focused on 40% for you. It's really, really important because they should be doing the exact same thing. We're not here for an equal balance. We're trying to do it more in the other person's favor. Now, if you're focused on that and they're focused on that, it means that each of you are going to go the extra mile in all the areas where it counts to have a healthy marriage. So thinking about your marriage as a 60-40 proposition in the other person's favor has been something that I've been focused on for about 10 years. It's really, really important. Number seven is setting a calendar note to do an act of kindness for your partner. I don't know anyone else who actually does this. So I have this every three weeks, I have a calendar note that comes up and it says, do an act of kindness for Jen. Every single time I see that calendar notification pop up, I think to myself, wow, I cannot believe those three weeks have passed that fast. And when that happens, it means that I would not have done something above and beyond outside of our regular routines to really wow or show that kindness. So if you struggle to do that on a regular basis, doing something as simple as setting a calendar note to do an act of kindness for your partner can be the very thing that at the end of a very stressful day or at the end of a very stressful working week, you can take a deep breath, be calm, and then go in there and do something really nice for your partner. They don't even need to know that it's as a result of you having that calendar notification going off. So that's number seven. Make sure you systemize and create a routine out of doing an act of kindness for your partner. And the final thing, again, I don't know anyone else who does this, This is what I call the final thought ritual. So I have to travel a fair bit for my work commitments. My wife has a very busy and responsible job too, so she has to travel a lot. And when we're on the road and you're having late nights and you're hanging out with a bunch of people and you're exhausted while the other person's at home dealing with the stress of just being in the household, especially if you've got kids, you'll know how challenging that can be. It's easy to lose touch, especially if you're in different time zones. Uh, And that, for me, you know, flying 14 hours to Australia uh, where there's a seven-hour time difference, it can be very hard to even have those phone conversations. So the final thought ritual is before I go to bed every single time that I'm not with my wife, 
I will write her an email and that email is going to go through what are the things I did today? How am I feeling about those things? It's checking in to see how she's doing and I'm including photos from some of the moments that I had for the day. That's it. It's super simple. It only takes me five minutes. And you reach a point where before going to bed, when you're traveling, it's very, very exhausting to do that. And all you want to do is close your eyes and just put that head on the pillow and go to sleep. But I don't think I've ever missed a day of this final thought ritual in the 10 years since my wife and I have been together. She does it now. I do it as well. So even when she's away, anytime we're just not with each other, I don't need to be the one traveling, but anytime we're not with each other, I will send that email. So even if she's away on a work trip or a a, a friend's trip, whatever it is, I will still send her that email so she is in the loop of the things that I have done. So that's the final thought ritual. Here are the eight tips. You've, You've heard them now. I would love to hear which is the one that resonated the most for you. So you can go and jump into the Win The Day Facebook group and do a post to let me know what you thought of these eight tips for a healthier marriage. Was there one in particular that really landed for you? Or if you have a specific tip from your relationship that you'd love to share with me and the others in the Win The Day group, I would love to hear that too. So to give you a quick recap, my eight tips for a healthy marriage, be with someone who gives you energy. Number two, take it as information, not an attack. Number three, have some time for yourself. Number four, do goal setting together at least once a year. Number five, never argue on an empty stomach. Number six, Recognize marriage is a 60-40 proposition in the other person's favor. Number seven, set a calendar note for an act of kindness for your partner. And number eight, the final thought ritual. That's all for this episode. Before we go, I want to let you know that I'm hosting an event in Brisbane, Australia on the 10th and 11th of November. That's right. I'm coming home. The entire event is designed to help business owners get more listeners, more clients, and more credibility. So if that sounds like you, make sure you stay tuned for more info. It's the first event in my home city, Brisbane, in a very, very long time. We're talking, I think, three or four years at this point. So you know I'm going to be bringing out the big guns, and I've got some very special guests joining me at that event who are going to blow you away. So for more info on that, go to wearepodcast.com or click the link in the show notes, wearepodcast.com or click the link in the show notes. And if you haven't already, if you want to win the day using the power of your voice, remember to grab your free copy of the 10 biggest mistakes people make with their podcast and the 10 steps on how to fix them. To do that, you can go to mistakes.wearepodcast.com. That's all from me. Remember to get out there and win the day. Until next time, go and improve that marriage of yours. Onwards and upwards, always. Always.